What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Long Game Podcast hosted by Thomas Kopelman and Trayton DeVore. In each episode, you'll hear us break down financial topics that are relevant to the lives of millennials and other young professionals. Our goal is to help bring credible financial information to you in short, bite-sized episodes. Thomas Kopelman and Trayton DeVore are the co-founders and financial planners at All Street Wealth. All opinions expressed by Thomas and Trayton are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of All Street Wealth. This podcast is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It should not be considered advice. Please consult with your financial advisor, tax, legal, and any other advisors you have before making any decisions regarding your financial plan. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the 12th episode of The Crossroads, a weekly financial show for our generation. And for the listeners, welcome back to the Long Game Podcast. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about a topic that just about everyone's probably going to go through throughout their life, and that is managing and kind of just combining finances as a married couple. So I think this, again, is like a really good topic to talk about because at least for me, Growing up, I think I saw my parents have their finances completely together. It's like, you know, we have one checking account, you know, we have our savings accounts, our investment accounts, but everything in our financial picture is together. And I think everybody I knew kind of did it that same way. And I also heard the language from people that that it was like, look down upon if you didn't combine all of your finances together. And I think the more that I've started to work in this profession and work with people, the more that I've come to understand that there isn't just one correct way to manage your finances as a married couple. Because I think so many people think, well, if they don't have their finances all completely together, well, then they don't trust each other. Or like, why go into a marriage if everything is not equal? But just because you have the same accounts doesn't necessarily mean that everything is equal just because of that. So that's why I think this is like a really good conversation for us to have and and topic to talk about. So we're going to go through really like the four main ways to handle finances as a married couple. And I think the easiest one to start with really is is just the complete joint finances. This is what I think most people think of when they think of married couple finances. So that's, you know, we, whether we have two incomes or we have one income, everything goes into our checking account. And then, you know, based on that, we save from there, we pay off debt, you know, we view debt from one person and just combine debt to all just be combined. You know, we just pay for mortgage and utilities and food and everything is just really our money, our expenses. And that's really like, at the basis. I mean, I don't know if you have anything to add to that one. No, that one's that one's probably just kind of the most generic and it kind of just makes the most not necessarily makes the most sense for the situation, but just easiest to visualize like, yeah, just combine everything together. All the expenses are coming out there. Um, And I know I know I'm assuming the next one is kind of just like keeping them completely separate, which is also a good like there's not really just one right way to go about it like personally my favorite which i i'm assuming we're going to get into it is kind of a combination of both like i like having which not that i'm not that i'm married or Mm -hmm. have done it myself but i like just the idea of having one together and then you kind of each have your own personal checking account off that to spend on whatever you want, like at the gas station, at the grocery store, whatever, and just having one main kind of family one like that. Yeah. And yeah, that's one we'll get to. So I think 
the, the other easiest one to visualize too is like all finance is completely separate. And so it's almost more like you're dating. You have your separate checking accounts, you have your separate savings accounts. And then what a lot of people do is they'll kind of like divide and conquer. So we'll say like, hey, I have rent, you're gonna have utilities and groceries. And then the other person is going to have, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so it's really like, hey, everything's separate, divide and conquer. Um, I feel like this is one that I don't see very often. I think there are some people that do it, but I think that you're right. The, the combination of joint and separate is where I see is probably the second most likely after just completely joint finances. And so what a lot of people do in this combination of joint and separate is first, you kind of really understand, is there a discrepancy in who makes more money? So if both people, let's say, make $100,000, then it's really simple. We'll put... X, Y, and Z into a shared checking account that'll cover rent, utilities, food, like, you know, date nights, all of the things that we do together, but then we'll leave a certain amount in our own separate checking accounts that allow you to really spend on whatever you want. Um, you know, this is what my, this is what Justin used to do. This is what, you know, some other families I know do. And the reason why they do this is because I think everybody's heard the statistic that like money is the number one cause of divorce. And a lot of what people argue about on Monday is like, oh, what are you spending your money on versus what am I spending my money on? And what you're spending money on is wrong and what I'm spending money on is right. But finance is really not that simple. Like what seems right to you to spend money on is based on what you value and you enjoy. And then maybe what your wife spends money on is what she values and what she enjoys. And so in this set up with the combination of joint and separate, it really allows you to like cover all of the needs and the things that you do, but then you each get to spend on whatever you want with that free money. But what's important is like the money that you're using in your combined one is like savings and debt and like all, you know, planning for your kid's college and, and all of those type of things. And then you give yourself, it's almost like an allowance if you think of it, like, hey, yeah. you know, we'll each have a thousand dollars in our account. And, you know, you get to spend on that however you want. I'm not going to look how you spend and I'm not going to be upset with how you spend because everything else is um, accounted for. And then we both get kind of that allotted amount. I think where this one becomes challenging is when you have different income levels. So let's say you make 100, your wife makes 50 or vice versa. Really what most people do is then they make it a percentage. So let's say, hey, I make double than you. So I'll pay double what you pay in rent. I'll pay double what you pay in groceries you know, and basically it just gets down to, hey, our monthly expenses are $6,000, I'll pay 4,000, you pay 2,000. And then we both get left over with like that same pretty much percentage to spend on the things that we want to spend on. Mm -hmm. I think like kind of viewing it as an allowance, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, that's truly kind of what it is. Like if both of the salaries, like maybe you send both of the salaries into that joint checking account and then kind of distribute it out from there um, instead of both going into your own personal and both having to transfer it into the joint, um, just kind of whatever makes the most sense for your situation. But I think going back to what you were talking about, um, with kind of like just money being one of the main causes of divorce and a way to kind of just like mitigate that risk right off the bat is just like having, I mean, you could call it like a financial date night, just like have conversations around just the way you're using money, the way you feel about money, just like things that are going on in your life, maybe upcoming expenses or action items that you need to get taken care of. And I think just having conversations is one of the best ways to 
just kind of avoid running into money problems in the future. Because if, if you're both laying out everything on the table and actually just talking about it and trying to find solutions to things like you have a lot better chance to not run into those problems just kind of down the road. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's like the hard part about this is that we always, I think unless we think we have a spending problem, we view the way that we spend to be right. And we view the way that other people just spend to be wrong. And like, even my girlfriend and I, like sometimes I'll be thinking about it, be like, oh my gosh, she's buying so much clothes. Like, what is she doing? I don't really buy any clothes, but then it's like, that's really how she spends her money on like her wants. And me, I'm like, you know, I might buy a PlayStation or I might buy a TV or like, you know, I might go buy other things that aren't clothes, but I spend a similar amount. But for some reason, I view that to be right because I'm like, well, that's, you know, just clothes and this is this. And, and I think that's where a lot of problems happen in the relationship. And so like, you know, I really like this combination of joint and separate, but I, I think the hard part is when you tell a significant other that they think like, oh, what, our money is not together or blah, blah, blah. And I think it really comes down to explaining it of like, it really isn't separate. It's how about we just put money into a shared account and then we give ourselves each, you know, based on all the other goals we've accomplished, we each get $500 a month to spend on whatever we want. And, you know, you could accomplish that same thing by leaving the money in separate, but I think it could help alleviate fights and problems by just kind of having that money set aside and not really having to worry about it and know like, Hey, that's how much I get to spend. If I spend less than my next month, I could have 800 or if, and just really play it out like that. And I, and I really like that. I don't push that upon people, but I feel like in my head, that just makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think, um, what was I about to say? You made a really good point. Um, yeah, I have absolutely no idea. Okay. So <laughs> the last one, the last option I consider like 3B, and that is like the combination of joint and separate, but each person kind of takes care of their own responsibilities. So let's say like, hey, one person has a car loan and they have student loan debt. Like, well, only their portion of the money is going to go to that. The other person isn't really going to help satisfy those goals. To be honest, again, I'm not here to tell people what way to do it. But for me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be like, hey, let's get married. But then like your debt is your debt. Because like at the end of the day, like the best thing you can do is accomplish your financial goals together. Whether it's spending it's... Yeah. And you're a team. And and so like, if you are like, Hey, you know, I've already been investing. I have all these things going. I have an additional $500 a month. You know, I, I could either save it in cash or I could go help pay off my wife's student loan. Well, for your, for your finances, you're better off paying that debt that is sitting at an interest rate than just holding on to that cash or even just spending it just to spend it. And so I, I think that is an option. I don't really think that option is best. And again, I don't really want to tell people how to do it. But in my mind, the more that I've learned about it, the more that I've helped clients work on it, like most people do choose completely joint finances, I'd say is maybe like 60 to 75%. And then almost all of the rest do combination of joint and separate. And so you're kind of allowed to spend on the things that you want. And, and then those are the two that I've found to really have the most success with clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I don't know if I've ever really heard anyone talk about just having it completely separate, like not a single joint together. You split all the bills just kind of on paper and then you go pay them yourself. Like I've, I've never really seen that. And I definitely lean towards those two options for sure. And then I would say like some other things to keep in mind, just like as you get married are like updating beneficiaries on accounts and things like that. And one of the biggest that 
I think gets overlooked a lot is changing your tax withholdings, like on your, on your W-4 from work, because you might've been filing, filing single before. Now you're married, file jointly. And you just want to make sure that you're not overpaying too much on taxes throughout the year, because you could have been using that money throughout the year for investments or savings, whatever. Um, but those were just two, two additional things I wanted to add. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think like just to go along with it. So this is really how you like you separate your accounts, manage your money together. But like once you do get married, yes, what you just said is right. The other thing is like, hey, go create those those accounts together. Obviously, like a lot of them, you want to have your marriage license before you go do that. Like now that you're married, you probably want to go update your state planning documents just to help ensure like, hey, if anything happens to me, I know what would go to now my wife. And a lot of people don't put their wife on their life insurance policies or their investment accounts until they're married. So, you know, those are all things that you really do want to get done um, once you're married. But I, I don't really think I have anything else to add on that today. Um, I don't I don't think I do either. Okay. I think that was pretty short and to the point. Yeah, and I think, you know, we answered kind of what the reader question was as we went throughout it, because we've had a question of like, what is the best way to manage finances as a married couple? And I think there really isn't a best. I think we can tell you what we've seen work most often, but again, we don't know you and their situation enough to tell them, Hey, you should do this one or you shouldn't do it. But I think just understand that, you know, money is really complex. It can cause a lot of problems and, you know, it's not going to go perfect your way. It's not going to go perfect your wife's way. Like what you need to do is figure out how do we kind of meet at that middle ground and think of our money together and how we can accomplish our plan together, even if that has some separation. Yep. Yep. So thank you everybody for listening again today. Again, if you ever want any help working on your financial plan and um, merging your finances together or how to keep them separate, you know, we'd love to be your partner in this. Um, so again, thanks for listening. Rate, subscribe, and we'll see you back next week.